Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. As early as you can in the postpartum period, having a combo with your spouse where you're really talking about tasks. And there's a lot of cool like postpartum kind of care plans and thoughtful lists now that you can follow Mm -hmm. where it like for Kel and I that we talked about if the baby needs their diaper changed three times at night, who's doing it? Like Mm -hmm. it sounded so silly, but we got really practical about Mm -hmm. some of the realities of tasks. Mm -hmm. Like, are you taking the garbage out? Mm -hmm. Who's ordering groceries? Who's going to the grocery store and just trying to be really thoughtful about it. So you're not trying to make those decisions on the fly. When, you know, yeah, sometimes you're not in your best place emotionally. You're not always being kind and generous right, to each other right. with your words. Right. And so if you can get some of these things figured out before, I think it is valuable. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Welcome to Sheep. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so fun to be with you. And I, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. We've had to reschedule a few times for context for those who are like, why are you so excited? That's why. I'm like, been looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> but I would love if you can just start us off by sharing a little bit of your story as a labor and delivery nurse and what led you to start educating women on labor and postpartum because you do such a good job of making it feel a little less overwhelming and intimidating with the information you share on social media and, and through your work. So can you just walk us through your story as a labor and delivery nurse and what led you to start educating women about labor and postpartum? Yeah, absolutely. So initially, I was actually in school after high school to get my business degree and healthcare was something, eh, maybe I'll do that type thing. And then it's just not the track I ended up going down. And so when I was in college getting that degree, my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. And just as a human being, it kind of opened my eyes in a really personal way to healthcare and what it means to be a provider, what it means to care about people and love on people. And I'm from a small town. And so when my mom got care within the town, they just loved on her really well. They loved on me really well. They loved my sisters really well. It was just a really cool thing to experience if, you know, for a different reason, obviously. And so I think that was the first time I really thought like, this is a really beautiful job Mm -hmm. and saw it more as a job that not just, oh, I know nurses, but something that could be actually really tangible. And so I finished my degree because Mm -hmm. I finished everything I start. Mm -hmm. It makes me laugh. But I went right back to school to become a nurse. So I feel like my mom's experience was the first kind of door getting kind of kicked open or Mm -hmm. getting shown to me Mm -hmm. in a really tangible way. And then specific to L&D and postpartum, I kind of wanted to do oncology or that type of really family-centered care. So Mm -hmm. the oncology, of course, came from my mom and cancer. 
And then the family-centered pediatrics, OB, whatever it was, was just a love for families my whole life, babysitting, mm-hmm. nannying, all the things. Mm-hmm. And so I got lucky. I mean, mm-hmm. I say it was God and got an L&D job as a new grad right out of college, which at that time and probably still now is super tough to do. And so I just stepped onto an OB unit my first day as a nurse and basically never looked back mm-hmm. from it. It is absolutely passion fulfilled, which sounds so cheesy, but mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form, I feel like I will always be or long to be if I'm not mm-hmm. inside of maternal, fetal health, wellness, et cetera. And then kind of that bedside to being here, you know, podcast, internet, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It really just happened when I had my first child. And I think like so many of us, we become mothers and we say, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. there's these gaps or these, these things that I just had no idea about. There's this stuff I love that I didn't think I would love, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what I felt like is I walked into my birthing experience with a ton of knowledge because I had the privilege of being a nurse with Mm -hmm. all of this Mm -hmm. wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I still felt unprepared or like Mm -hmm. things surprised me. And so all I could think was if I felt that way Mm -hmm. and I have been doing this for years and years, Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine what others feel like. Mm -hmm. So the hope with the labor mama, the things I'm doing online is really to just kind of sound so cheesy, but kind of peel back the curtain. So it's not just mm-hmm. the textbook or it's not just the birth class mm-hmm. that the hospital offers, mm-hmm. but instead all of that extra. Mm-hmm. What happens when you walk into OB triage? Mm-hmm. Or what are the six different medications that they might offer to you? Mm-hmm. Or what will the lactation consultant say or not say? I'm kind of trying to give people the details that I think can help eliminate some fear mm-hmm. and help us make better choices. Mm-hmm. If I mean, I don't know, none of that guarantees perfect experiences, but at least we feel mm-hmm. less fearful when we are yeah. the ones in that mm-hmm. space. Right. Because there's so, so much being thrown at you so quickly yeah. and you're processing so much, so much in your own body and your mind. And then there's all these like moving parts around you and people making suggestions and checking you and checking yep. up on you. It's just like, oh my gosh, you just kind of feel like you're in a whirlwind and it can be really overwhelming. Right. So yeah, that's great. And I remember feeling that and mm-hmm. I knew everybody around me. Mm-hmm. I, I delivered where I worked. And so mm-hmm. I just kept thinking if I feel this way or if my husband feels this mm-hmm. way as you know, my husband who knows a bunch of these people too or whatever, mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine what, you know, quote unquote, the lay person feels yeah. like. Yeah, absolutely. Even if they tried to do the work to, mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. or to, you know, take the class or whatever. Yeah, so absolutely. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so I want to just jump right into some like really tactical questions. I hope that's okay. Um, but I think absolutely. there's a lot of women out there wondering a lot of this stuff. So I would love to hear what you think every postpartum patient needs to hear before leaving the hospital after they deliver their baby. Mm, I have two. Okay. Yeah, cheat. <laughs> uh, totally my biggest or the one I always go to is you know your baby and you know your body better than the providers or the people around you. I think what's happened in our social media heavy, which can be so valuable, and I'm obviously a voice out there, as are you. But in that world, we're outsourcing our intuition. And I think that the intuition is like a God-given gift to mothers and dads to to listen to that and say, something seems off. Or my baby did this yesterday and they're not doing it today. Mm-hmm. And I just think that we need that reminder over and over again. So mm-hmm. instead of that kind of textbook answers or call your provider for all this stuff, which we should mm-hmm. call if mm-hmm. we see things, we need to also... I don't know, just be reminded again and again to trust ourselves yeah. or to say, hey, if you think the latch feels wrong or you're hurting, you know, mm-hmm. keep pursuing help. Don't mm-hmm. let 
someone say, it looks good, or this is what the book says. And, and so far, you're meeting that. Just try to listen to that inner voice more than maybe we think we should, especially yeah. the first time. Well, and I think so we can be so easily made to feel more. like, well, you're new at this. Don't overthink it. You're, yes. you know, you're, you're paranoid. It's your hormones. And like, sure, there could be some hormonal, yep. emotional pieces that are influencing, yeah. but it's better to tune in than to just write off the things that you might think are, or that maybe you've been made to believe are silly, you know, cause it's like, yep. there's a, there's a point to your intuition. Yeah. That's so good. Yep. And okay. then the other one is just a little more. Uh, I just like reminding people that they're the right mom for that child. And I think when mm. we go through these hormonal things or we experience postpartum rage or something mm. and you just think I am not the one that they need right now, mm. I just don't believe that's true. Mm. I think we're given them for a reason and that we are the right ones, even in our imperfections. And so just that reminder that you are, you are, you are the one that is for them. Mm. That's good. We all need that reminder. Sometimes we can doubt ourselves so much. Okay. Kind of in that same vein, I would love to know if we can speak to the person who's maybe a family member or a friend who's supporting a a postpartum mom and a mom who recently had a baby. What are some of the best practical things that friends or family members can do to help support a new mom? Because I think a lot of new moms feel overwhelmed by the desire to like have visitors, but I think there's a lot of ways we can offer support without overwhelming. So what would be your advice to people in that space and in that role? So to speak to what you said about the visitor thing right away, Mm -hmm. I think it's such a kindness if someone comes to you when you're pregnant, like if I were to go to a friend pregnant and say, you know, I would love to meet this baby and support you and open up that visiting conversation and kind of give them the freedom to say Mm -hmm. when they would like me to visit or not. Mm Because I think so often the the impetus gets put on mom and dad to then go have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And it just feels awkward to say, hey, mom or hey, friend, mm-hmm. I just want to talk to you about visiting after. So I just think it's such a gift if they say, if someone came to you, mm-hmm. so if you were the friend, to go to them and, and say, let me know when you want me to visit. I told, I want it to be on your timeline and the best timeline mm-hmm. type thing. And then along with that freedom that you're giving them to then still check in and encourage, even just be a text or whatever. Mm-hmm with no expectation of response. Mm, I think mm -hmm. a lot of us in those first couple of weeks are just, you're doing all the things, right? And maybe even pick up your friend to text them on back and then babe needs you or your other child needs you. Mm -hmm. And so even just sending the messages and the encouragement and being okay if you don't get the text back for six days and understanding they're just in it and you're reaching them and they're hearing you and Mm -hmm. leave it at that. So I think kind of giving all of the freedom to that mom Mm -hmm. to speak when she's ready to, to respond when she's ready to, to have visitors when she's ready to. And I think we can do that by being forthcoming and kind of being the one instead of sitting back and saying, okay, if she lets me know when to visit, then that's when I'll go. But otherwise I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to assume I can go see her sooner. Yeah. So those are my favorite. And then I think once we are with these people, let's say we bring by food, which I think is such a wonderful gift. Just the skill of silence and listening. Mm -hmm. I think we automatically kind of start to ask questions. And if we're going to do that, which is super normal, I think being thoughtful about asking the right question. Mm -hmm. So instead of maybe a leading question, did you get an epidural? What Mm -hmm. if it's more just tell me your favorite part of the birth Mm -hmm. and let them tell what they want to tell or share what they want to share. And so Mm -hmm. kind of asking questions that let her share on her own timeline and in her own way what she feels comfortable sharing or yeah. celebrating or grieving and otherwise not 
making her speak to what she maybe doesn't want to or hasn't, you know, decided how to share yet. Yeah, that's great. Are there any practical ways we can offer support that don't have to do with visiting when there's a, like a loved one who just had a baby? Like maybe we aren't, they aren't ready for visitors, but what can we do to support baby before we show up to their house with leftovers or food or a meal? Yeah. That's why I like the kind of what I spoke to initially as well, the mm-hmm. check-ins or the mm-hmm. encouragements with no expectation of response. Yeah, Just good. I'm thinking of you. I know you're in it. I'm mm-hmm. so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine if I had gotten multiple texts like that. And mm-hmm. I have wonderful friends and people checking on me. But those weren't, you know, after maybe the first day or two, those weren't really coming in. And I just think what a gift to see that show up mm-hmm. in the middle of the Tuesday morning when you didn't sleep and just let those things kind of permeate you. Yeah. So I know that seems so small, no, so but I just it's think it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. That honestly would be one of my primary ones. And again, without expectation of response and just mm-hmm. knowing you're getting into their ear and mm-hmm. that's, that's really valuable. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So let's talk about postpartum tips for mom, especially if it's a first time mom, but even if it's not, you know, just someone who is maybe doing this for the first time or the first time in a while, what are your top tips that you like to make sure moms have as they kind of face postpartum? My first one is to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, so I am a mom of three and I'm actually pregnant with my fourth right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like surprisingly, so I've gotten better at this because I've just recognize how much value there is in Mm -hmm. slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I am kind of in this specific regard talking about that more immediate postpartum period. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, I would acknowledge slowing down looks different for all of us. Uh Some of us have someone who can take six months off and be by our side the whole time. Mm -hmm. Some of us have people next to us going right back to work, you know, after Mm -hmm. the long weekend. And so I realize that not everyone can just do 40 days of lying in and Mm -hmm. stuff. I think it's being practical about how you can slow down Mm -hmm. and what does that mean and look like in your family and what things can you do before that truly do allow you to stay in bed, you know, the extra day when you get home Mm -hmm. or to spend more time on the couch than doing a drop off. Who Mm -hmm. can you accept help from when otherwise you just don't want to? So again, that is going to look super different in each family, but I think it's so important to give our body that time to give us that time with the baby for bonding and we just aren't very good at it mm-hmm. any of us mm-hmm. a lot of us yeah. are not good at it yeah so well and I think it, that's yeah, my favorite right. it can be so easy to just like want to get back in the swing of things just or just to feel normal again and I think that's where mm-hmm. you can almost push yourself a little bit too fast and end up feeling it later yeah. so yeah I love that one I did that with my first and I felt great and so I was out doing things and took her to zoo lights with friends if I mean maybe a week later just things wow. like that and it, mm-hmm. and it was my longest recovery, mm-hmm. although many other things looked similar to number two and three. I just think I was just doing too much, even mm-hmm. though I did think, wow, I feel wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like your body just needs time mm-hmm. with yeah, not a lot true. of demands placed on it aside from the act of yeah. caring for that yeah. new babe yeah. and then healing. Yeah, so, so true. That's one of my faves. And then the other one, these are like very personal because mm-hmm. I did it, you know, I did it wrong. <laughs> and so now mm-hmm. I would like to do it better or someone else too. But the other one is don't sit on how you feel. Meaning if you're unsure, ask the question. If you don't know if something's normal, mm-hmm. ask the question. I just think emotions, feeding, growth, whatever it is for you or babe. Mm-hmm. Again, if your intuitions are sounding off about anything, it is just so worth it mm-hmm. to ask and not sit on it. Yeah. And 
I did not do that well, especially with my second baby. And there were implications for me because of that. And even now, I think I know all the right things to do with theory. And I, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's mm-hmm. really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really and is. so. Well, and I think, do you feel like sometimes when you, you know, like when you have, sometimes when you know a lot of things too, and you think like, oh, I'm informed, you kind of almost are less likely to reach out and ask for help because you think like when you're in the position of being the helper for someone else, you can really objectively identify certain issues or certain things. And then you think like you can put that same hat on for yourself. And sometimes it's actually helpful to reach out to somebody else who can objectively look at your emotional state or where you're at or how you're feeling and help you kind of navigate that a little bit more. But when you know what to look for, you know all the things, I think it can be almost harder to ask for help sometimes. Like when you're like, oh, I've had a baby before, so I'm good. I know what to expect. And sometimes every postpartum is super different or, you know, that baby was super different and more difficult or whatever. And, but you're like, but I know, so I don't want to like look silly or I don't think I need to reach out to somebody when in reality, like sometimes you really do. Well, I think it it makes me think of the whole, like, nurses or doctors make the worst patient Mm -hmm. because you have all this knowledge when you walk into something. And so it's super valuable. It's really Mm -hmm. helpful. I know it's helped me in some of my situations, but it is true. You almost can, like, talk yourself out of things or educate yourself through it when you really just need to be a human being Mm -hmm. and let someone else help you and let someone else speak to you, like, away from the text or away from the protocol or what you, mm-hmm. you know, already know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I absolutely think that that's a challenge probably for a lot of people yeah. with knowledge in yeah. this area when they walk through it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So another one, another question I want to touch on is for women who are having their second child and are experiencing postpartum yeah. with another kid in the house, you just touched on this a little bit. What tips do you have for adjusting to having multiple kids and how can she prioritize rest in the postpartum phase while still giving, you know, both her children the attention they need. I feel like I personally had a very unique situation where I had an older child, but yeah, I, also like was in my first I know. Well, I was, I'm over here. Like, I don't know if I did a very good job. So like, well, let's, let's let the experts speak on it. Yeah. Well, and even just yeah. being in this unique situation of my first birth. So navigating postpartum for the yeah. first time, but not my yeah. first child. And it was just kind of like, what? I literally feel like I was in a black hole and I just have emerged in the last month or two. I'm like, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'd just love to hear like your thoughts on that. And I'm happy to contribute too, but we'll let the experts yeah. speak first because I'm over here like, I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a little bit true for all of us, at least for the first month yeah. uh, or two. Yeah, my first two are 20 months apart. And so I did definitely feel like, wow, I have a really little one and now a newborn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things we did better with two to three, so I had the girls and then I had Mac, Mm -hmm. was almost inviting the girls. So for me and my older kids into into my rest Mm -hmm. or into into the space that Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed and I needed with baby. And so for us, that was actually really practically like we brought their art table into the master bedroom. We put it at the end of the table. And so the girls played in there with me Mm -hmm. and they were with me Mm -hmm. and I was near, but I was actually still in bed. This is like what our first, you know, week or so looked like. Mm -hmm. I tried to be so still and restful, Mm -hmm. like we've talked about. We got the girls some toys that they could absolutely play with up on the bed. So we had like some extra magnetiles, some extra things where it was like, bring it up here, be with mm-hmm. us. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to leave, mm-hmm. but mom's also going to stay right here. And I want to acknowledge that depends on the temperament of your other mm-hmm. children or child mm-hmm. too. I had two girls who would sit and do those things. 
I know not everybody's kids will sit next to mom in color for 40 minutes while she feeds the baby. But I, I, we just tried to create as much opportunity as possible for them mm-hmm. to be in and to welcome them into mm-hmm. the rest that I really wanted to try and have that time. And so that, that first week, I thought it was awesome. And we, I, like, I plan on doing that again, of bringing their little life like mm-hmm. into the bedroom or into mm-hmm. wherever it is I want to spend some time those first days. Yeah, that's smart. And then the other thing for us and for me that not quite as good at, we also don't have family around. So this mm-hmm. maybe doesn't present itself as much as mm-hmm. like I wish it did, I guess. Mm-hmm. But is accepting offers of help related to the other kiddo. I mm-hmm. think we get we take on a lot of like mom shame or that mm-hmm. emotion. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're abandoning that other mm-hmm. one if you mm-hmm. send them to the park with someone else. Mm-hmm. But I have found that like with the girls, when they went out and did something with someone else, they they came back so refreshed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. like we just spent a couple hours of them kind of fighting for my attention as well. And mm-hmm. it actually was refreshing for them and me. Mm-hmm. And so then when we come back together, we do bedtime or whatever it mm-hmm. feels like. We were more delighted to see each other. And that, that would come after saying, you know what, why don't you guys go do whatever with XYZ or with whomever mm-hmm. and kind of being willing to recognize for us that it was good for them to also be able to go and not try to make each moment of each day this really beautiful like togetherness where we're getting mm-hmm. all getting it all right because mm-hmm. it just I mean it did not happen once we had it a third that's for sure yeah yeah so we no, needed to nice. figure out other ways to kind of ebb and flow yeah. around each other yeah and that's what it looks like is me saying you know what it's all right if yeah. they go do this this person wants to spend time with them yeah. And we're going to be better for it. And yeah. that's hard. And I think when you go from one to two, it's extra hard because you just, your heart just doesn't okay. think it will know how to, to do that well. Yeah, that's so. so true. Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean, safe, toxin-free, but also really worked because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites. And I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day. My skincare was working well. So I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better, than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare, for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well and that doesn't harm the environment and that doesn't harm animals... Crunchy is the place to be. I highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the Clarolite when it comes to the skincare. And if you use my link, you can get $10 off your first order. So just go to crunchy.com slash Jordan Dooley and the $10 off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order. Or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the $10 off applied to your first order. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? 
or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Building a stronger financial foundation? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. You'll learn how the tools in your financial plan reinforce each other to help you minimize taxes and offset potential risks. Grow your confidence by strengthening your finances today at northwesternmutual.com slash goodplan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. And the very last thing I'll say, we don't have to like go deep on it, but I would say expect it to be challenging. Mm -hmm. I'm a planner and so I think I can think, oh, I've checked off all the things and mm-hmm. I brought all their art in and we're ready for this and it's going to be lovely. And I think there can be a big letdown if you don't just acknowledge there's going to be some tears, some tantrums, mm-hmm. tears from mom as well, probably because of all these emotions. Like it is going to be tough because you're mm-hmm. dividing your time. You're not yeah. dividing your heart, but you are dividing your time in a new way. And yeah. so I think it's complicated. Yeah, it so. really is. Thanks for the, for the reality check yeah. too, because I was going to say like, 
I think you're so right. There's so many things you can do to try to be prepared and, you know, things you can be really intentional with, like spending intentional one-on-one time with your older child and setting those things apart. But even when you do that, that doesn't mean there's not going to be hiccups or there's not going to be obstacles or the younger one's not going to have a meltdown or the older one's not going to, you know, just as soon as you're like, oh, we have this plan, things can go sideways. And I think just knowing like that's normal and you're not doing something wrong and you're not messing up your children because something, you know, that you hoped would go a certain way didn't work out that way today. Like it's just reassuring to hear that when you're trying to juggle multiple children who need your attention. So yeah, that's so good. Okay. So let's talk about setting boundaries a little bit in postpartum season, whether it's with visitors Mm -hmm. who've stayed too long or managing your calendar or your to-do list. I know we've touched on this just in a variety of ways, just from the importance of slowing down and certain things like that. But do you have any advice for just setting boundaries in a proactive and effective way for someone who's in those first, you know, six to eight weeks postpartum? Yeah. So if if you hear this before, Mm -hmm. I would be thoughtful about this prenatally. And this is not something that I think a lot of us do well, Mm -hmm. but I think if we could, it is so valuable. So this means like before baby is coming, you're sitting down, I'm sitting down with Kelvin and we're really talking about what these boundaries are and we're making them clear, you know, with a grandparent or a sister or a friend, whoever it needs Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. before that child is here and everyone's so over the moon that it is really hard to set a boundary or to disappoint someone at that time if they're going to be disappointed. And Mm -hmm. so for us too, Kelvin has always been the point man. Mm -hmm. So he's the one who's handling texts from friends or the meal train or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so I think it's just really important to to talk some of that through before. Mm -hmm. So it's not day five and it's like, hey, Andrew wants to come by and drop off dinner. He was going to stay for a while. What do you think? Because that is, in my opinion, that is impossible to answer well or you don't want them there at all. And then you feel horrible for saying that when they're waiting with the meal. So I like to get that out of the way before. And then Mm -hmm. if you can have those conversations before about Mm -hmm. visitors. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of managing your own kind of calendar and to-do list, Mm -hmm. we had advice from friends after we had our first. And they said, again, this was as early as you can or prenatally or as early as you can. I'm sorry, in the postpartum period, having a combo with your spouse where you're really talking about tasks. And there's a lot of cool like postpartum kind of care plans and thoughtful lists now that you can follow Mm -hmm. where it like for Kel and I that we talked about if the baby needs their diaper changed three times at night, who's doing it? Like Mm -hmm. it sounded so silly, but we got really practical about Mm -hmm. some of the realities of tasks. Mm -hmm. Like, are you taking the garbage out? Mm -hmm. Who's ordering groceries? Who's going to the grocery store and just being trying to be really thoughtful about it. So you're not trying to make those decisions on the fly when, you know, sometimes you're not in your best place emotionally. You're not always being kind and generous to each other with your words. And so if you can get some of these things figured out before, I think it is valuable yeah. Because after it's a lot harder. Yeah. To no, do you're so well, and you're emotional well. and you're exhausted. And there's yes. just so much more tension yes. and, and just so much more that can like fuel a fire that really isn't a fire. Yep. So yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Okay. Another question, just another practical one. What main questions, maybe just a couple that you think are absolute must, um, what questions do you suggest that somebody or a woman ask her doctor at her postpartum checkup six weeks later? Yeah. I love this question. I've written a post about it on Instagram because I think it's super important. Mm -hmm. I will say when I first posted this, so much of the response was, it's so annoying that we have to advocate like this so Mm -hmm. hard for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I just 
again, with so much of this, want to acknowledge that because it does feel like, why am I going in there and making yeah. sure I ask all the right questions? Yeah. Why are they not asking me? Mm-hmm. So I do think that's frustrating. Yeah. I also think it's the reality for a lot of us. So yeah. we just have to do our best. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so my big thing is don't wait to be asked something at this appointment. You need to ask. They have a few things they're going to ask you. It's standard, you know, birth control. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Some mental health stuff. But for me, or even on that, on that post, mm-hmm. a couple of the things I had on there was specific to your birth experience. This is probably one of your best opportunities mm-hmm. to actually figure out some of why what happened happened. Mm-hmm. So a true, hey, I remember X, Y, Z. Can you explain mm-hmm. that to me? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes after birth, they kind of debrief with you a little bit. But after this appointment, mm-hmm. you're very likely not going to see this person again until mm-hmm. you have another child if you choose for them to be your provider again. And so this is kind of a chance pick up some of that if you're feeling some trauma, some confusion, at least to get some answers about some of that. So I think that's really valuable. I'm so glad you said that because it really does... I had an experience where I had to get some clarity on something. And I remember thinking, yeah. I don't know if my doctor is even going to like process this or validate it because they're not my therapist, you know, like they're not helping me process this, Yeah, but it helped me so much to have some clarity on some yeah. questions that I had and be like, Hey, I noticed this. And what do you mm-hmm. think? And it was actually really interesting. So I remember my doctor kind of being like, I think you're right. Like, this is what I think would have been different yeah. had X, Y, Z happened. And in some ways it was kind of like frustrating to hear that. But at the same time, I was like, Okay. Like it was, I was able to like kind of put that to bed a little bit versus it being this like looming question in my brain. And it kind of gives you some closure on just things that happen in the, in the birthing process that can be almost like an open loop that you're like, wait, how, what, why, you know? So yeah, I love, I love that suggestion and the encouragement that like you have, like you can ask those questions and they may or may not give you the response you want, but like at least feeling like the confidence to help close that story loop a little bit and invite yeah. your provider into that and almost put the expectation on them. Like, Hey, you were there and we're gonna talk about this, you know, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. And, and As empowering. Yeah. 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 Like you said, most of them, unless there's therapists as well, that's not where the work happens. If right. We need right. therapy related to trauma. Right. Right. But that is where we stop sitting and wondering why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? That's where we start to get clarity about why. Yeah. And then perhaps we have to then do the work of, okay, what do I do with how yes. that has now left yes. me or made me feel? Yes. But if we don't ever ask, then we do that loop like right. you talked about over and over and over. So right. this is such a great opportunity mm-hmm. to ask them to explain, particularly the things that are confusing or you just mm-hmm. can't figure out why they went the way they did or what mm-hmm. happened. So mm-hmm. I love that question. Let's see. I'll just share two more. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones too. Who do I call for care or help after I walk out of here today? Mm-hmm. And get a little bit of specific, especially if you have lingering, there's some lactation stuff that's come up, your pelvic floor, mm-hmm. mental health for sure. I think what happens is we walk out of that appointment and we're kind of saying, are we an OB patient now or do mm-hmm. we go back to our GP? Mm-hmm. Or do I call my therapist? Yeah. And often it's not, you kind of aren't, they're not really your primary care provider anymore. Uh-huh. You're supposed to go back to other people. And so yeah. I like getting that clarity from them of mm. who, who it is that mm-hmm. is your, is your point of contact should mm-hmm. something come up from that point forward and mm-hmm. kind of, I don't want to say making them, but having them share that with you and so it's clear should mm-hmm. something come up or if a problem that's actually continues really to true. I feel something. like you almost are like, who so, do I ask if I have something pop up now? Yeah, that's so I good. never know. Yeah, yeah. So those are like two of my favorite. I could share more, but I can no, also talk about that forever. Yeah, that's a great start. <laughs> I think those are great. I love that. 
Okay. So I think another thing you mentioned that I think it's worth touching on is the mental health. Because for a lot of women, women, mental health is a huge concern in the postpartum phase between the fluctuating hormones, the lack of sleep, the adjustment to a new baby. There can be a lot of anxiety, sadness, uncertainty. I remember thinking, because I think this is what maybe also adds to all of that, not only the lack of sleep and the Mm -hmm. hormones, but I think expectation. I remember, especially for me personally, I think a lot of women can relate to this. The fight to my children was so hard and so long. And my, the fight to like having a live birth was so hard and so long for me that I think I had this idea, like once my baby is born, then the anxiety will disappear. The clouds are going to part, like a dove is going to fly down and it's going to be like heavenly. (laughs) Right. And that was not what I felt like. And then I had all this guilt because I, I I remember just like, he was, he came a little bit earlier than I expected. So I was like in shock that it happened. Uh He was very, very vocal, like more than I expected. He had a very high pitched (laughs) cry. I was like so overwhelmed just with the way everything went. And I remember being like, I don't, it was so like, I don't even, I love you, but I don't feel like I even know you or like you and I'm trying to take care of you, but like you're making it really hard. And I just, and I just remember thinking this is not, I thought like when I finally get across the finish line, like it will be heavenly. And, and, and it's become that like over time, but in those first few days and even first week or two, I remember just feeling like, who are you? And you just came out of my body and you're squeaking and squawking and screaming at me. And what, like, I just did not feel the like, ah, that I thought I would feel. And I think a lot of men feel that and have like guilt with it, you know? So anyway, that coupled with the hormones, the lack of sleep, the adjustment, the getting to know this human that just came out of your body. Like there's just so much. So what are some of the best ways to support your mental health when you are in that? Oh my gosh, it feels like the world's on fire situation. Yeah. I think that the narrative you're talking about is experienced by so many of us, mm-hmm. but we just don't talk about it enough because it feels shameful. Yes. Like, and all you I see on social media is like, I'm so in love. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. I'm in love yeah. and also really overwhelmed and confused why I feel the way I do. Yes. Yeah. And I bet I, I can't speak to that as much as you can, but I bet maybe for people who do IVF forever, mm-hmm. who've gone through losses like you, this fight to have this baby, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to assume could be wrong that there's almost more shame because you just think I've worked so hard yes, for this. Yes. I more than anyone should be so thrilled that mm-hmm. it finally, finally happened. Mm-hmm. So I think that then we just like, keep on more shame, but I actually think that's super normal. I remember looking at my husband mm-hmm. after our first was born and I feel <laughs> so bad to say right now, actually too. And I was like, I love her, but I'm not like in love with her yeah. yet. Like uh-huh. I don't even know who she is. Yep, that's totally. And we had some friends mm-hmm. say, "Oh, you'll be head over heels, so infatuated." And we were both were kind of sitting there saying, "Huh, like this is really cool." And yeah. we're so grateful, and she's ours. But it definitely took both he and I time to figure out who she was. Yes. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm even sitting here. That makes me uncomfortable to say, but now mm-hmm. I just know that it's true, yeah. and that that doesn't mean. Yeah, I'm a bad mom, or I'm not grateful, or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that expectation idea, that knowing what's normal, both in this regard of what you may or may not feel, you mm-hmm. know, in the first moment or in those first days, and also mental health, what knowing what is normal. So mm-hmm. I don't want moms googling what are postpartum depression symptoms when they're three and a half weeks postpartum. Mm-hmm. I would rather they kind of check that information out before, and so they can tuck it away. Mm-hmm. And then my caveat to that is to do that. Like I, Kelvin knows all this stuff. So I'm doing that with Kel. And then the other thing that I love is if you have the gift of this, establishing a point person who's not your spouse to be someone who knows all of this as well. Maybe you even chat through them, chat about it with them before birth and they are allowed to speak in your life if they are worried. Mm -hmm. So 
I do not think this should be the spouse because they can struggle too. They might miss things because you're both really in it together mm-hmm. and there is actually postpartum risk for dad also. Mm-hmm. So if you have a best friend, if you have a mom mm-hmm. who's near, if you have a sister and aunt, that someone who's going to spend time with you, be speaking with you enough to maybe recognize mm-hmm. and that you kind of almost give them a blank check to mm-hmm. say, if you are worried about me at all, mm-hmm. I want you to say something. Mm-hmm. And I think that person can kind of really be so valuable in helping us notice mm-hmm. this is not normal. This mm-hmm. is not an expectation that mm-hmm. should be yeah. showing up. And so uh, not everyone can have that kind of person in their life, but if you can, I think it's it's a pretty cool way to navigate. Is this okay or not? Because like you said earlier with another question, others are more objective about ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a really special yeah, that's way to prep, I think, for mm-hmm. mental health if mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. And another stuff, you could probably speak better to this as well, but just the value of nutrition the like a well-rounded diet, which is really hard when you're a mom, but like mm-hmm. omega-3 fatty acids might help with postpartum depression, a good postnatal vitamin or whatever it is you're taking that has vitamin B2, B6, mm-hmm. zinc. There's different things that might be connected to some of the mental health stuff that crops up. Mm-hmm. Nothing normal like postpartum blues. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty normal for anyone to experience, but possibly the stuff that can continue to prolong and persist. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you can somehow get that good intake of food in where you are committed to getting, you know, a few meals a day and some snacks. Uh, the other one is getting outside. Mm-hmm. Just be, I mean, I'm getting my CLC right now. So just this morning mm-hmm. I read that over 35% of moms in the United States are vitamin D deficient. Mm-hmm. So can you just sit on your porch? Mm-hmm. If you have to baby wear, great, but just get outside and get that vitamin in. Yeah. Just some of the different, they are small, but when you put them together, these things are really valuable Possibly not in prevention. Mental health issues can hit any of us without mm-hmm. warning or mm-hmm. it's not because you've done something wrong, but mm-hmm. they, these things can be really valuable mm-hmm. in helping yeah, them have less severity. Yeah, yeah. Supporting you through that if there, if it were to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I, it's not easy when you are a new mom or you have lots of little ones looking to you for help, yeah. but yeah, it is so valuable. Yeah, that's great. So, That's great. Okay. Last question I want to touch on is support and having a community. So I know having a community is so important for moms, but it's especially important in the postpartum phase. But I think while so many of us are blessed by people in our lives who come and support us postpartum for many women, it takes more work to actively find that support. You know, they don't necessarily just have people who are showing up for them. So what would you say to the woman who feels like they don't have the support system that they need or want and where and how can they find some supportive communities? Yeah. I think you mentioned the word to actively find support. And I actually think it's really valuable valuable for us to, again, acknowledge this could take some work. Mm-hmm. And while I wish all of us had the gift of mom and a mother-in-law and sisters and community who are just so ready to show up for us, I think the reality is that most of us don't or many mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And so it can take some work to build this village that you know we are told that we need and that I do think we need. Mm-hmm. And so I think that feels annoying to sit with almost mm-hmm. just think, I want this, I'm ready for this, I need mm-hmm. this, but mm-hmm. where are they? Mm-hmm. So just kind of accepting that there might be a pretty active role that you have to play in mm-hmm. creating this, finding this, and building this. Mm-hmm. Someone mentioned to me once the idea of false starts, and mm-hmm. I thought it was really lovely of just recognizing that you may go to the class and sign yourself up, and I'm so proud of you for doing that, and then you, mm-hmm. it's not where you're finding your spot, and that can be discouraging. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding 
that maybe you do got you do need to try again because that wasn't the place where you were going to find your people. So I think walking into all of this kind of understanding that can be helpful for those who really do need to build from scratch or they don't feel like they have much to start with. And then practically speaking, I asked this once, where did you find your community on my Instagram? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you some of the answers. So church showed up the most. Mm -hmm. Family was right up there too. And then mom's groups, like I mentioned, you know, like baby toddler activities, work friends and coworkers, which everyone said was really unexpected, but Mm -hmm. they did want to come around them. Daycare teachers, apps like the online support app showed up a couple times, but I thought it was interesting that what I saw the most was church, mom's group, and then, oh yeah, and then the other one, old friends coming back around. And a ton of people were surprised by that, but it was one of those seasonal things like, Mm -hmm. you're a mother now, Mm -hmm. and here they came. And so I think a lot of it is about being open Mm -hmm. to where this community might show up Mm -hmm. and then kind of recognizing sometimes that it's going to take some work from you as well. Yeah. Even when you don't want to put in the work. I was going to say, that can be hard. And it's just like (laughs) validation for those who feel that way. Because that's like, you wish it could just show up for you, you know? So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Okay. This has been so good. I've loved everything that you've shared. Super practical and also really encouraging and personally, you know, touching in many ways. For those who want to learn more from you and want to just kind of, I feel like you do such a good job of being like, here's what to expect your like first time you go to the bathroom after you have a baby, or here's what to expect with so many different things. The first two hours after birth, like you give a lot of helpful insight for those of us who just feel like it's this really overwhelming, uncertain thing. So for those who would love to learn more and just follow along with everything that you share, where can we find you and where can we learn more? Yep. I am the labor mama and mama is M-A-M-A on Instagram is where I am the most in terms of social media. And then that is my website as well for more info or courses, classes, things like that. So anywhere you want to look for me, that is the name you would find me under. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for everything you've shared. It's been such a joy to chat with you. Thanks, Jordan. You too. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles Business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta Sky Miles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business.